0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Agent Investor Podcast, the only podcast out there that focuses specifically on helping real estate agents get off the real estate roller coaster by investing in real estate. If you're an agent and you've ever worried about when your next commission is coming in, investing in real estate will completely prevent that. When you have monthly passive income coming in every single month, you can actually be a better agent. You don't have to worry about when your next deal is coming in. You don't have to work with a client that you know you shouldn't be working with, and you can live a more safe and secure life. Um, I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. For those of you who have never listened to a show before, I was a real estate agent. I'm a real estate broker now. I was on that real estate roller coaster, always worrying about when my next commission was going to come in until I started investing in real estate. Since I started investing in real estate, I've fixed and flipped over 1,200 homes. I have an over 300 unit rental property portfolio. I've raised over $10 million of private capital to fund my deals. And I have a real estate brokerage, Cameron Real Estate Group with over 350 agents that specifically focuses on helping agents get off that real estate roller rollercoaster. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a really great guest today. John Bambachi, um who was at our brokerage in the very beginning phases of his career, um, who was an agent, was an investor, now is a team leader with a ton of people on his team. Um, but most importantly, and why you don't want to leave right now if you're thinking about you know, listening or tuning into another podcast, why you want to stick around to the end is John has overcome the biggest objection that I get from real estate agents as to why they can't invest today. And most agents know they should be investing in real estate. They know they don't have any sort of pension or any sort of retirement program. But what I get the most often is that even though I know I should invest in real estate, I'm going to wait because I don't have the capital yet to do so. And John has done some really impressive things. And every time I see him you know, do a post on Facebook or LinkedIn, it's always about these huge deals that he's being a part of. And now I know that John's not a billionaire just kind of throwing his cash down on the table. So I know that John has been out there raising money and really putting together win-win opportunities for people that he's working with in order to get under these deals to provide a benefit both for him and for his passive investors. So guys, stick around if you're thinking in your head right now. I can't invest yet because I don't have the money. You're going to learn by the end of this episode how you can actually do that. So, John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Tom. A pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on because um, you know, I was kind of like a, a part of your journey at the very beginning phases of, of you getting started. And like I said, it's it's interesting because you know, I'm I'm on social media on all the time and I always, you know, look around and I'm always seeing you, you know, do really great things. And I think I told you this, or I sent you a Facebook message on this, but this was like within the last few months that my mother-in-law sent me an article that you were in. She had no idea that I knew you or that you were connected. She's <laughs> like, look at this guy doing all this development in Gardner, which is where she grew up. And I was like, I know that guy. And the yep. funny part, the funniest part about it was, is she was like, wow. know john and i was like yeah i know john um so that's that's the kind of stuff that i've been seeing you do but um before we get to kind of where you're at now i want to talk a little bit about like where you began and you know i i what you got your license was it maybe five years ago somewhere around that time 2018 is when i got my license yeah so some around five somewhere five years we're in 2023 Mm -hmm. now when you got your license, what was the motivating factor? Like, did you were you, did you know you wanted to do a lot of investing? Did you want to be an agent? Like, what made you get your license on day one?
1: Yeah, so uh, good question. So so when I got my license, I still had my W-2 job. And actually, when I was working with you, I still had my W-2 job. I think you'd see me, you know, crash around the office during weekdays with my laptop open, like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a it was a, a juggle there where I was doing the W-2 while learning real estate. Um, I got my license because I, I owned about 30 units at the time. And the real estate agents I was working with um, knew nothing about investment properties. I thought it was odd that I was buying, you know, seven unit buildings, 12 unit buildings, and the person that I'm buying it with, like, maybe doesn't even own the house that they're living with. And I thought there was like a little bit of a disconnect. So I wanted to get my license so I could learn to be a better investor. And then throughout it all, kind of realized that there's this niche of, you know clients that want to work with agents that are investors because um you know, it's a little bit it's a little bit more genuine in our experience if someone owns a property and is helping you as an agent they 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 might not blow smoke when you know you walk a property and say oh the third floor tenant is awful um someone that's been through an eviction process in the state of Massachusetts might be able to give you more guidance on how you're going to deal with that or whether you should just you know pack up and run what i find is like when i'm walking open houses or talking to agents that don't know Is they 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 give bad advice not 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 intentionally not not to try to you know screw over their clients like nothing like that it's always genuine but if you haven't lived through being a landlord it's hard to give a newer investor advice on like how to deal
0: with some of these problems that they've never dealt with before. So I remember like shortly after I read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad in like 2003, I wanted to buy a multifamily and. Uh, something told me, I don't know if it was a coaching program or a book or whatever. And they said, like, you need to find an agent who understands the investing business. And I remember, John, I'm not even exaggerating. I met somewhere between 10 and 15 agents looking. I would I would actually call like a Century 21 or a Coldwell Banker. And I'd say, hey, I'm looking for somebody who specializes in investing real estate. Not one of those people that I ended up talking or meeting with had the first even inkling about what investing was and this is when i was a 20 young 20s kid and i knew more than them about investing and i always found that to just be such a strange thing because there's a lot of people who invest in real estate and not to jump too far ahead but you've like totally niched into that area where like you and your team are you could call probably anybody on your team and they could probably do a much better job than any of those 10 or 15 agents that I talked to. And like you mentioned, they're not trying to hurt you in any way, they're not trying to give bad advice. It's just it's strange to me that like a lot of them don't get educated on that at all. Um mm-hmm. so when you started out, so you started out you wanted to become an agent because you had had those experiences and stuff like that. Did you know that you were going to kind of niche that way in the beginning or were you open to like, you know, regular retail type of business, like where was your mindset at back in, you know, 2018 or 19? Yes. I mean, I, I honestly didn't know. I mean, um, I mean, I, I kind of talked to people
1: about like, hey, I want to work with investors, want to niche down. And everyone's kind of like, that's, that's dumb. Don't do that. Like stay open to everything. Like the attorney I work with now is always like, like, why are you only working on multifamilies? Like you're leaving the condos and the single families and everything else, you know, at risk because you're so focused on this small niche. And in my head, I was like, I don't think it's that small of an itch. Like I think this is a pretty big business. Like if I had one percent of the multifamily market in Massachusetts, I think I'd be doing all right. But uh, but but early on, I was very opened up to everything because the advice I was getting was don't close yourself off to opportunities. Until um, so, like early on, I was doing I was you know any any business. I was doing mailers. I was doing callers. I was doing anything I could do to find business because that was that was the way you did real estate.
0: So. What was the point where you decided that you wanted to niche or that it made more sense to niche? Like what year was it? How how long were you in the business at that point?
1: So probably towards the end of 2019 is when I decided like, you know, screw everybody else. I think this is a big thing. I kind of went back and looked at my record and said, you know, the times that I've gotten my butt kicked by other agents at listing appointments or 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 if I take a house on and I priced it wrong, we're always single families and condos whenever it came to the multifamily properties, I always stood a fighting chance. I always got the second appointment. I always priced them right. I always had more success. And so I kind of looked at my track record and said, where am I winning and where am I losing? And I was was winning on the multifamily side. And so why spend energy fighting something that I'm, you know, why focus on my weakness when I can focus on my strength?
0: Yeah. And I think inherent in what you just said, which is something that like, I think a lot of, People make a mistake on, and I've made this mistake in my business is like trying to offer a service where you're not really able to add a lot of value. And what you just kind of said to me is like, you know, you fought a standing chance with the multifamilies. and the reason why is obvious was people knew you could help them and mm-hmm. you stood out, right? Because you actually could provide them with value if they had a question, you probably didn't need to Google it or call somebody else. Not that you knew everything, but that you were more competent in that specific area, and that's one of like the major benefits of niching. And me and you talked about this. I mean, I reached out to you saying, "Hey, like, I I had a similar, I had a very similar experience with my brokerage, which was like I was trying to be all things to all people, and it wasn't until like I niched down that like I was really able to provide more value." To the smaller sub-segment of people, but like exactly what you said, it's like, if you get a small piece of a big pie, that's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, so relate, So now you have, I know you mentioned the number to me before we jumped on, but like, how many team members do you have at this point? So we have 30 agents on our team,
1: um, about 30. It it, it moves a little bit, but that's kind of the the number at the moment. And then we have
0: um, 15 people on our um, property management side. And can you share with everybody what you share with me, like what the criteria is for somebody that's going to join your team or thinking about joining your team?
1: Yeah, so the only criteria that we have is um, you need to be an investor yourself or make a commitment to buy an investment property within 12 months of joining the team. And then you need to add to our culture. So, like you, you, know, you need to fit in, you need to get along with people. Um, but I mean, that's it. Like, I I'm I'm under the impression that I can take investors and train them to be agents. Um, I've had a very poor success of taking agents and trying to train them to be investors. Um, and so, and so by focusing on the, the people that are already doing what I want to help people do, it's easy for me to teach them how to fill in contracts and and and, and, and talk to clients about stuff they already know. It's harder for me to take an agent and try to try to train them to, to do something that they've never done
0: before. So that's a very interesting comment. So why do you think that is? Like why has it been easier? Because a lot of people, you know, would probably look at it as an investor like, well, you it's going to be harder for you to be an agent. But what you just said is like you've had more success having somebody that's the investor mindset become an agent and be successful. What, why do you think that is?
1: I mean, I think I think it's mindset, is what I think
0: it is. Like, um, like I think I think a lot of agents I talk to,
1: I think you mentioned it very in the opening. A lot of the agents that, that we work with, a lot of agents we talk to, it's like they know they should be investing, they know they should be buying something, but there's always a reason not to do it. And it and all it is is it's it's a limiting factor, it's a mindset thing. If I take someone that's already an investor, like they know how to invest. Like mm-hmm. there's not many people out there that I talk to that don't think that they can learn how to be a real estate agent. Like, I mean, I was having Lunch the other day, and my my waitress
0: told me that she's a real estate agent, right? Like I'm that, sure you, that, you run into is, those things all the time. <laughs> that is such another <laughs> comment because I never thought about that. And the that is a very weird thing to me because there is an extremely high fallout rate of agents, but yet everybody thinks that they can be an agent. And yeah. and and you know what's ironic about that too is that like you just said, a lot of people think they can't invest. But yet at the same time, I've never seen too many people that like started investing in real estate that had a lot of like bad experiences. Like I feel like almost like once you start investing, it's like, oh, of course I'm gonna do this forever. Whereas like a lot of people who start becoming agents, a lot of them aren't there, you know, a year or two or or three years later. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, everybody does think they can be an agent and it's still not. A, an extremely easy business to like pull off it it's not no it's like
1: a, like a huge failure rates but everyone thinks they can be an agent like that's an easy mindset for people to get over but like yeah but i, I mean i just find that everyone everyone thinks it's harder to be an investor than it actually is you don't need as much money as you think you don't need to buy the best property out of a million on the market you just need to buy a good one and if you make any mistakes i mean I mean, you know it, like time heals all wounds in real estate, right? Like you could make a really bad mistake, but if you give it enough time, you're probably going to turn out okay.
0: And and that's the other part that like, um, I was talking to somebody else about this and a lot of people will say like, well, prices are high right now and maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but you can guarantee that 10 years from now, they're going to say, whatever you paid, it looks like you got it for a discount. Yeah. And that goes to the time piece that like, it just that a lot of stuff with investing. It's like the odds and the the way it's actually structured, it favors you because, hey, there's inflation. Well, guess what? Your ranks are going up or, hey, you know, there's, uh, you know, appreciation over the course of time or you're paying down your loan or whatever it is. It's just that like a lot of the rules of the game just kind of are in your favor, even if you're not necessarily like the best. Um, like the average investor probably has a much higher net worth than the, you know, a top 5% agent. Yeah. No. And and I heard this
1: quote the other day and I, it kind of stuck with me Is like, you know, corporate world, I was competing against the Ivy leaguers. I don't think I ever met anybody that was worth a million dollars that didn't have a C in front of their name. Yep. In real estate, like how many people do you meet every single week that have a net worth of over a million dollars? well and they don't have to be that smart or that they don't have to go to ivy league schools they don't need the education like pick the hard would you rather fight against the ivy leaguers on the corporate ladder or or fight against the investors in real estate
0: well to that point i had an interesting another interesting conversation with somebody um somebody that we know gualter uh, amarello um, so he has you know his mission he wants to create 100 millionaires and he has like a club. Like once your net worth becomes a million, he gives you a trophy and you get recognized and all that. And I met somebody that was in his group that crossed the net worth, crossed the million dollar net worth mark. And I said, how does it feel? And she said, well, it's not even that impressive nowadays with real estate. And I th- that like made me step back and go, only in real estate would somebody say that. Only in real estate you would never say that in any other context except like. And the the reason she said it, as you just said, is like, well, yeah, a lot of people do achieve that. So it isn't that impressive, but at the same time, really take that to any other industry and it's like, it's insane. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, um, you know, we, we talked about before we jumped on, like, or even in the beginning section of this, like, the biggest objection that Asians give for why they can't invest is that they don't have money. And um, you know, we talked about the fact that unless you're worth $50 million, you probably don't have enough money you know, to just buy anything you want. So at some point, no matter where you are, if you want to do big things on the investing side, you need to learn how to structure deals to raise money. And you've done that very well. I guess before we talk about what you've done, what would you say to somebody that says like, I don't have any money. I cannot start now. Like I'm going to start a year from now or 2 years from now. I mean, I guess the I mean, the, you know, the
1: the it's not going to get any easier, right? Like you're always going to have a reason to push it out. So normally it's like how much money do you think you need? Um and normally they come up with a number that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, well, if you're willing to do a little bit of hard work and live in the property, you could buy a million dollar property anywhere and all you need is $35,000 if you structure it right and you have a credit score above a 680. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's not that hard to get started if you just pick the easiest way to get started, which is using you know low down payment loans, government sponsored loans to buy a four family anywhere in the United States. And so most of the time when I have that conversation with people that don't think they have the money, like they don't, they didn't do the math or they're living in a single family house and they don't, they don't want to give that up and that's fine. But now the, the question isn't, you know, I, I, I can't get started because I don't have the money. Yeah. The answer is I don't want to get started that way. And so then it's like, okay, so now you got to pick the way you want to get started, but anyone can get started because like you can buy a multifamily for far less money and have far less credentials than trying to buy a condo or a single family in a lot of the markets we deal with.
0: Hey everyone, this is Tom Caffarella. I wanna quickly interrupt the podcast to number one, thank all of my loyal listeners of the Agent Investor Podcast and tell you guys really quickly about an exciting event we have coming up. Uh, It's a two-day event. It's called the Passive Income Real Estate Investor Event um, that you can find out more details at PassiveIncomeEvent.com. We're gonna be doing a two-day training session teaching all of the agents and all of the investors at the event on how to achieve financial freedom through real estate. If you're like me and your goal is to not work 80, 100 hours a week grinding, selling real estate, flipping homes, um, definitely check out this event. We're going to teach you how to build a passive income portfolio so that you can retire, so that you can work when you want, how you want. And ultimately achieve financial freedom. So again, go to passiveincomeevent.com for more details. And we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming event. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, there is always some sacrifice to have gain, right? And you don't have to, you know, house hack or you know live in a four-family or whatever to get started. But then you've got to say, okay, you get a sacrifice you know, some other way. Um, so how have you been able to raise capital? How have you been able to really, I don't even want to say the word raise capital, but really just create win-win scenarios so that like, you can be out there hunting, finding deals, putting them together, getting pieces of it. But it also makes sense for other people. Like, because I think when a lot of people think about raising capital or like putting these type of deals together, they think in their head like I'm going to call down my phone book and beg people for money and it's not going to be a win for the other person. So what would you say to that? I it's got to be a win for the other
1: person. Like um like so so I won't buy a property that we're not willing to put some of our own capital at risk at, right? So so part of us is, you know, if we're not willing to put our own capital at risk, then why am I going to try to convince someone else to put capital at risk? And so everything that we do, we plan to put some of our own money into it, but early on, what I learned how to do is like you're not you're not raising capital, you're partnering with people. Yep. And it's just and it's just you're bringing something to the table. If you're bringing the deal and they're bringing the money, like that's a partnership. But it needs to be an equal partnership. Everyone needs to win for a partnership to survive. If you build if you stand up partnerships and you're setting it up so someone's losing, how many times do you think you're going to be able to recreate deals with that person? Mm-hmm. But if well- you if you set it up so everybody wins. That person's gonna come back to the table every time you have another opportunity to create a partnership.
0: But I think this is another point that a lot of people miss. And I'm curious what you would say about this is like, I think people don't understand that it can be a win for somebody just to put in the money. Absolutely. I, so what is it? What like I think the biggest thing I hear from people is, well, why don't they just do it themselves? Like they they have the money, they could do it themselves. Like, so w- why would it be better to partner with somebody like you? Or like some case studies of people that it just makes a lot more sense just to to be the money person.
1: I mean, real estate is hard. Anyone that disagrees with that hasn't been investing in real estate. Like real estate's hard. You know, buying the property, doing due diligence, managing the property. Um, it's it's hard work all the way through. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, the, the person that's making a quarter million dollars in downtown Boston probably doesn't want to be taking tenant phone calls on a Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you hire the best property manager in the world, it's not passive right it's not you know it it turns out pretty quickly that when you have a good third-party property manager like they're not going to treat the property the way that you want and so a lot of times on our side it's like you know we'll we source the deal we find the deal we finance the deal we set up everything in terms of the relationships all the person is doing is bringing the capital getting the exposure to real estate and then and then they benefit from the return and so we just try to make it easy for them where you know, they their only responsibility is 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 bringing in the capital. Everything else is being handled somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and I think this is like this is my biggest frustration for any listeners that have heard me. Like you guys know, I got started by reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. I love that book. I think it. it I can't thank Robert Kiyosaki for putting that book together enough. But one one critique I have of the book that I don't love is you read a book like that and it's not just his book and the philosophy is like, Hey, you buy a property, you hire a great property manager and then all of a sudden he's completely passive. It's just not even close to that. And that's where I think maybe um, related to people feeling like, Hey, I, what is the value for somebody putting in money? It's that these things aren't passive, right? They're, they're businesses that need to be run like businesses you could have a great property manager but you're still dealing with a lot of stuff and so like you kind of mentioned you gave one example of a person and there's a lot of different you know you could call them like avatars of people who it really doesn't make sense for them to be the active person um the person who's working in downtown boston i mean you could throw out you know a job maybe maybe they're an attorney and they're looking to make partner at their firm, and and when they become a partner, maybe they make a million bucks a year. It's not worth that person's time. They know they should invest in real estate, but it's not worth their time because they need to spend all of their working hours focusing on making partner. And that's one of kind of like a million different avatars I can think of. Another one is just like you know, at some point in your life, you get a little bit older, you get money on the sideline. And you don't want to grind anymore, and you want your money to work for you. And somebody like John and his team—they're active, they're in it every day, and they're dealing with kind of the headaches of of things that really, at the end of the day, if anybody on this—if anybody's listening to this—if you had a hundred million, how many people do you know that have a hundred million dollars in net worth that aren't really investing passively? Because once your net worth is up that high. I mean, unless you're insane, you're still, (laughs) you know, you'd have to be crazy to want to be completely active at that kind of net worth. So that's when you know it it makes a lot of sense. Saying I could keep giving more and more examples of these different type of case studies, but, but yeah, like John mentioned, it's just it's not a completely passive thing, and that's where I think if you're trying to put deals together, you have to get in the mindset of like you are doing all the heavy lifting and that person is just putting capital in. And honestly a lot of our investors are people who sold their investment properties
1: where they know how hard it actually is, right? They they rode the they rode the wave up and low, they bought in at the right price and they sold it at, for $600,000. They know they should reinvest in real estate, but they've already put in the time. They've already got 10 years as a landlord. Like they would
0: much rather have someone else deal with that. So there's obviously, you know, we we can understand this from a philosophical perspective. And I think that if somebody's listening to this, they would understand why that could work, why it could be like a win-win. But of course, then there's always the part of like, how do you find these people? Like, what do you do? And I know you have mechanisms in place in order to, to do your best to get in front of people that are thinking about investing in real estate. Um, could you share something with like the 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 audience as to like how you're even getting these people to know who you are and know that you do have a solution for them? Yeah. so I
1: mean, the the easiest thing is I mean, the the brokerage side helps. So um, a lot of our investors are, you know, the parents or or family members of people that we helped buy their first investment property. and they you know, they have a good experience with us. They talk about it. You know, family gets excited when they see other people excited too. And so like, you know, that's a good mechanism for us where, you know, by successfully helping people buy multifamily properties, it naturally opens us up to their, their, their sphere. Um, And then we host, you know, free meetups every single month. I know you you host meetups as well. It's a great way to get people together. Um, Mm -hmm. And we, you know, they're, they're free. People come, we, we normally bring in a guest speaker just to kind of, you know, share, share content. And then as part of that is, you know, we, we get everyone's contact information and we, we, we we stay in touch with people as they as they join our lists but i mean that's kind of the the extent of it is it's just you know helping people buy buy real estate and then putting it out in the world that we're doing this in a way that people can easily find it and all of a sudden you kind of you kind of very quickly weed out the people who are interested versus the people who you know say they are interested but aren't aren't actually there yet
0: yeah and i think um another thing that people underestimate is that there is a pretty big need for this because at the end of the day, there are people out there that have capital. And then you look at it, go, well, what are their options? And you go, okay, well, say you have, you know, two hundred thousand dollars that you could play with. Okay, option number one, they're putting in a CD and get no return. They're putting in the bank and they're losing, you know, five to 10% per year through inflation. Okay, they could put it in the stock market. A lot of people don't want to be in this. I don't like the stock market. I don't want to be invested in a company that I don't even know how they operate. I don't know how they make money. I don't know who's running it or any of the risks to it. Um, or they can invest in a piece of real estate a lot of times in their backyard that they can understand understand um, and get a great rate of return, um, typically. So there's a need for it out there. And um, you know, you said something else that I think is 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 definitely true, which is like you mentioned the word sphere, and people think of sphere. Um, you know, as people that know, like and trust them, their database, their real estate database, but they don't think of their sphere in terms of like how it could impact their investing. And most of the time, people who are going to become, you know, passive investors with you they have some sort of relationship or a connection to a connection or of some sort. Um, And a lot of agents, you guys already have that database. You're just not using it to, to, for investment purposes. Right. And I always say this to people and, and every time I say it, I don't know if people are just humoring me or not, but like, I always get a very positive response, which is like, if you reached out to everybody in your SOI and said, Hey, I'm running a, A networking of it. I'm running an event that teaches people how to invest in real estate. I know you bought something with me a few years ago. Would you have any interest in learning how to invest in real estate? I mean, how many negative responses are you really going to get from a message like that compared to like almost like the tried and true method, which is like, hey, how you been? Like, you know, you have any money? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, you do a really great job, you know, with your meetups. And I haven't been to one, I want to go to one, but I'm assuming you speak at them, right? I I normally do the intro and
1: actually after this, I was going to ask you if you want to come guest speak up here in Lowell sometime this year. Um, But I mean, the way we try to do it is like, you know, it's adds value, Um, you know, talk about a topic, you know, answer questions. We, We have like a very strict, like no solicitation policy. I don't even carry business cards myself. But again, it's all about building, building credibility of the team, building credibility of the speaker. And like, you know, and a lot of times it's, you know, a lot of times people can get turned off if we, you know, if we if we try to sell into that type of a crowd. Um, but it's it's a good it's a good um, meetup from that standpoint, and it get it gets us the start of building the credibility for people to either want to work with us in the future or potentially invest with us in the future.
0: Yeah, and that's just something like I feel like this has changed so much, like as time has gone on, where it's like the selling is in the providing value. Maybe it's always been like that, but I feel like I feel like it has changed a little bit even in like the last like twenty years where it's like you provide as much value as you can and you're selling you're getting the same result without even really having to say too much. um and I mean, that's really truly I mean, my whole you know, the agent investor brand that's what that's all about, right? like I mean we're providing. 99% value and there's a call to action every, you know, 1% of the time and it's the same thing with all of your clients related to investing. It's like, you know, if you're trying to raise capital, there's going to be a need out there. If you're in front of them, they have a relationship with you. If you're educating them, you're helping them to achieve their goals. I mean, it's definitely a win-win. Um so, what are some of your your goals like both with the team, both with with the investing like where do you where do you want to go in the next few years um so 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 kind of both so they they they
1: kind of go hand in hand the idea is we expand the team the property management and the investing into markets as we grow um and so we need about 100 150 units in a market before we can you know kind of stand up the structure there um right now we're in three states we want to try to get to you know five states in the next couple of years um I don't know what that looks like in terms of units or or anything like that but the idea is, you know, as we grow to to spread out into the markets that we want to be investing into that we're just not we're just not ready yet. Um I only buy things that I can drive to. I only buy things that I have a team in place to manage, a team in place to to find um tenants and renters and contractors. And so the idea is like not to overextend and and kind of bring the whole group together into new markets. And so um that's kind of plan is just to slowly branch out to the point that we have a little bit more um a little bit more of a of a network to 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 work off of.
0: So what would you say to an agent that's interested in investing but they are worried about like closing themselves off by focusing on investing?
1: I mean I would say um you know look if you've worked with any investors before um look at where they are today versus where you are today and see if, you know, which path you want to be on. If you're killing it as an, as a real estate agent, you have no worries about money or, or, or the future, then like, you're probably in a good spot. If you work with some of these investors and you're like, holy shit, like, I wish I bought that house that, you know, with them. Um, and it's like, well, you represented them on the purchase and you represented them on the sale. And so you could have, And when you start kind of looking at those relationships of you know you you as the agent essentially gave the investor the equity and everything that they have at this point like if you would rather be on that track then don't worry about closing yourself off to the other side because you kind of you kind of pick your track and i promise you like even if you're working with investors like people are still going to call you to list their single family house they're still going to call you to list your condo like you're going to have a good reputation a good expertise and you can quickly say like, yeah, you know, I, I like I like multifamilies, but yeah, of course I can do a single family or a condo. It's not that big of a deal. And they're going to believe you as long as you are are genuine about it and can kind of say like, you know, honestly, I don't know downtown Boston all that well, but I have a buddy that knows this area. So I'll just call him and and we'll work on it together. And it doesn't have to be anything more than that if you're open and honest about what's going on.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, the key with niching is like, there's the fear, you niche. And you're going to get rid of everything, when it ends up like attracting a lot more of exactly what you want. But then you, a lot of times, still get a lot of the similar opportunities that are out there. Um, Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Because if somebody is buying a a multifamily or an investment deal with you, and they really like you, and then they're going to list their single family, are they really going to try to meet somebody else? Probably not. I mean, maybe, but I I doubt it. Um, and you're going to get much more of the thing that you're you're focused on. But the other point that you made that I think is so important for anybody that's listening to this is like, find somebody who's where you want to be, get around them. But in addition to getting around them, just make sure that like what you're kind of like emulating is actually what you want. Right. So you you did mention a good point, which I, I can't stress enough. I mean, the whole purpose of this, you know, brand and show is to help agents invest, get off the real estate roller coaster. But if your idol is like a top producing agent that doesn't sell and they have everything you want in the life that you want, then you don't need to invest. Like it's not something you need to do. But I would say like find out who that maybe idol is a bad word, but just somebody that you look up to that has the life you want, um, has the business you want, and try to just see kind of what they're doing, following their footsteps and whatever that is. Um, like, you know, anything anything that anybody else has done is possible pretty much by anybody, as long as you're willing to kind of follow, you know, what they're doing and and work hard and sacrifice. And the cool thing about real estate investing
1: is, I mean, I've never met, you know, someone in the field that isn't successful that isn't willing to share lessons learned or mistakes learned. Like, th- like this is one of those weird industries where like investors are looking to help the young guy because they kind of feel like yeah, you, know, you know, they're they're probably not going to do it, so I might as well just give them the trades to the secret because like I wish someone did that to me when I was younger. And like the trick is like if they have asked people when they were coming up, they they probably would have gotten the same help. Is like you know th- this industry is a little bit weird that like. The experienced guys are always willing to offer free advice um, because, yeah. like, it's a it's a, it's an odd
0: industry in that way. It, it definitely is, and, I, and it's become even more so, like, in the last seven or eight years because of how accessible everybody is. And this is one of like the great things about like technology and YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms. It's like when I first started in like oh three oh four oh five, it was like. You had to come to like a two-day seminar or sign up for coaching, or maybe you read a book, but you can never reach out to the guy who actually wrote the book, the guy or girl who wrote the book. Now it's like, everybody's accessible. I mean, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are easily accessible through social media. A lot of people, you know, like us, we run the Facebook group for free, uh, which if you're not in the Facebook group, make sure you join it. It's completely free to join. You can join at www.agentinvestor.com. But there's so much great content out there for free and so many people that are willing to help without necessarily always asking for something in return. Um, but I know, again, like we've both done that and we've both grown our businesses by doing that. And that's the other thing is like by definition, you grow your business by helping other people. And yeah, not everyone is going to want to work with you for whatever reason, but a lot of times they do. Yeah, no. And 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 I mean, yeah, the, the amount of
1: times that someone says, oh, no, I don't want to talk to you, I can you know, I, I forget about. But like most of the time, everyone I talk to is more than willing to sit down for a cup of coffee or or lunch and tell yeah. you everything they've ever experienced, because like it's kind of it's kind of fun to share.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for for coming on today. Um you know, just another like example of somebody who really, you know, is exactly the agent investor model, a little bit different of a model than I have, but nonetheless, like definition of an agent investor, killing it. You know, like I said, when when my mother-in-law is reaching out to me saying, hey, like, it'd be really cool if you knew this guy, um, <laughs> that's when I think, you know, that you've you've made it. Um, so, you know, thank you for, for sharing. And um, I'm sure everybody on here got a lot of insight. Um, it's good to catch up with you. And yeah, reach out to me about um, the Lowell thing. And you know, I'd love to do it. I, I'm definitely always out there looking for more speaking opportunities so we can talk about that offline. Um, and guys, we'll be back again next week with another Agent Investor Show, another great guest. Um, I do want to remind all of you guys, in addition to joining the Facebook group, make sure if you haven't registered already, please register for our upcoming two-day agent-investor event. You can do that at www.agentinvestorevent.com. It's a two-day event. We always have them. They're always free. They're at a hotel. We even buy you food. But more importantly than getting the food is the advice and the the learning that you're going to get and the networking opportunities that you're going to get But I do encourage you to register now. The hotel that we just signed up for can only hold 250 people, which sounds like a lot. But when you're teaching on investing and it's free and you're going to get some free food, you'll be surprised at how fast that thing fills up. So I do encourage you, if you're the least bit interested, to register now, www.agentinvestorevent.com. Once we hit the 250 mark, unfortunately, the hotel like we just can't fit any more people. So we we'll, we'll be back again. And I encourage all of you guys, uh, not just to sell real estate, but to invest in real estate. Sales will make you a living; investing will make you wealthy. And we'll see you guys again next week. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast, and especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education strategies and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.